Do you work in employment services? The Wayfinders is a podcast where we help you help people. Hosted by Bounce Australia founder, Maria Smith. Each month, we chat with people who have had their own wayfinding experience and get their valuable employment insights, advice, and tips. Welcome to the Wayfinders podcast. Potential lives here. Well, hello and welcome to another podcast, a Wayfinders podcast. Today, I am so excited to have an amazing employment consultant in front of me who's been in the industry for nine years and um, has been making some pretty big waves. I've got Robin Reeves from uh, Centercare and um, we're currently in Dalesford, um, which I feel pretty privileged to have to, you know, sit here in Dalesford to do the podcast, which is awesome. So Robin, welcome to our podcast. Thanks so much, Maria, It's for having me. Yeah, fantastic. (laughs) It's so good to have you here and I'm excited to talk about your journey and um, and how you've inspired and impacted and changed lives. And I know um, even in Dalesford, you've been able to really help grow the star rating and turn things around. So we're going to talk through a bit of that as well. Awesome. Yay. to it. Good. So I suppose, um, do you want to share a little bit about your journey and how you found yourself in the world of employment services? Okay. So I left school very early when I was 15, went into retail. Then I got into the fitness industry and I worked in fitness for 35 years. I had some traumatic um events happen in my life so I got out of that industry lost a little bit of motivation didn't know where I was going um then I got back into retail then I got back into the fitness industry and I managed a ladies gym in Ballarat for three and a half years and did that amazingly um lots of members and that sort of thing then the the owner closed the business down within two weeks and then I was unemployed never been unemployed in all my life was only for two months but it was the hardest two months of my life to go through unemployment Mm. first month I just sort of went down deep um and then the second month I've decided this is not going to happen nothing's going to happen for me unless I you know pull my finger out and do it myself um and I think now having only two months experience being unemployed it gave me an insight of what some of our clients feel so that was one thing that I can reflect on now. Um, a friend of mine worked at a provider and she said, do you want to come and work with us as a job advisor? I'm going, yeah, how, how hard can that be? I can get people jobs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so then I, yeah, so I started with the provider and I worked with them for five years and one day. And then I thought I'd had enough. I thought I can't do this anymore. It was one particular client that made me make a decision to get out of the industry I went and secured a management position in a retail store for a ladies well-known fashion brand um I was in store for two days Mm. and walking around going this is not what I want to Mm. do this is not what I want to do so the third day in my lunch break I went out to my car crying going I don't want to go back in there um I messaged a friend and I said if there's any jobs in employment let me know and she said well funny she said we've got one going at center care and I've gone really mm-hmm. said send me the details so that's how my journey started with center care and mm-hmm. the rest is history yeah, I'm fantastic. back into it again well what is it about it that what that drew you in what was what was important to you in the work you were doing? Look, I think people used to ask me, how do I do this job? 
And I, and I used to say, it's not unlike the fitness industry. I'm trying to motivate people to do something mm. that they don't really want to do, mm. most of them. Yeah. So it's just giving them that motivation and that support to get them to where they need to be. Yeah. Well, let's, yeah. let's talk about that a little bit because I think, you know, there are a lot of listeners out there thinking, well, how do I motivate people that are unmotivated? You know, yeah. what are some strategies? And I know you've had some really great outcomes yeah. and yeah, yeah, let's speak a little bit about that. Look, for me, I basically treat them like me. I'm a bit of an idiot when I'm with my clients. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they walk out going, God, she's an idiot. Um, it, it's basically a listening to them and allowing them to be heard mm. because a lot of them do come in here defensive. They're being treated like a number instead of a person. Mm. Um, you know, they'll come in and you'll go, how are you going? I'll say, yeah, good. And you can see this barrier and I'll just go, are you really? And then you can just see this barrier drop and their shoulders drop and it's like they go, oh, she really does care what I have to say. Yeah, mm. so it's listening and mm. not judging them for where they are. You know, it's hard to be where they are, mm. um, even though some of them are a little bit harder and they like to be where they are. But I, yeah. my strategy, well, I call myself a motivational manipulator. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so let's, I want to hear a little bit about that. So I, I basically plant seeds and let them think that they're doing the work. Yeah. So it's coming from them. So they're Mm. making the choices. I can, as I said, plant seeds. I can guide them. I can give them ideas. And then they'll go, oh, I really want to do that. Mm. That's really good. I didn't think of that. So then they start to think differently and go, yeah, can can we do that? Can you help me do that? That's great. Well, I think it's intrinsically, you're motivating them intrinsically. You know, it's like you, if you have the stick and you're saying, do this, do oh, that, yeah. some people are yeah. not going to be motivated, but you're finding, they're finding something within themselves that says, Absolutely. yeah, I want to do this. See, I'm that sort of person. If someone mm. tells me what to do, I don't want to do it. Do yeah. I? yeah. You know, you've got to work a little bit of reverse psychology yeah. and let them, as I said, let them think that they know they're doing. And I had a young girl in last week and she... Wanted to be a tattoo artist, but now she wants to be an embalmer. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she's really confused and doesn't know how to do this or where to go. Mm. So she came in last week and she was all confused. Yeah, I want to do this. I said, well, have you researched it? What are you doing? Do you know how to do it? I don't know where to start. I said, well, let's look it up. So we just did Dr. Google and called the Australian Funeral Directors Association. So now she's got got an email address. She's got, we're going to call this director today to Fantastic. see what she has to do. Yeah. So she just left going, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Mm. I had no idea where yeah. to go and what to do with it. Yeah, that's great, Robin. Yeah. Isn't it yeah. interesting? It's just such a, you hear it and you go, that's simple, right? Let's yeah. just jump on board and have a look and yeah. Google and, and give someone some guidance and strategy. Yeah. And, yeah. and I mm. think that's what it is. They've got these ideas but they don't know where to go. Mm. It, it's getting them started. It's giving them that little direction. I think that's why so many clients go around in circles because they, they really do know what they want to do, mm. but they just don't know how to start mm. because they've been in this cycle for so long, mm. a lot of them. So, yeah. yeah, it is. It's just giving them support and going, well, why don't we try this? And why don't, instead of, you know, them, le- you know, I'll always give them a shopping list when they leave mm. their appointments. 
know, I, want, I need to do this, I need to do that, and I need to do that. But it is. It, it, sometimes it's like treating them like a child because they don't know what to mm. do. They've, you know, they've been at home yeah. and they're just not thinking. Mm. Well, think about your journey when you had the, the two months of being unemployed. Yeah. Sometimes, and I've been in that place where I've been unemployed and it's like, what am I doing now? What am I doing next? And we go into survival yeah, mode. You do. And so yeah. sometimes we all need that little bit of a nudge, don't we? That little, little guidance. And, yeah. and sometimes it's got to be really simple and laid out. Mm-hmm. Like, this is your next step. And That's right. Every human being needs that oh, simplicity. You know? Absolutely. And you, sometimes you think you don't need that, mm. but in reality, you do. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for do. sure. So I would love to know about, I know we've got some um, of our listeners that live in across Australia mm-hmm. and, um, in, you know, work in your like your situation where you're in a location that's really beautiful. Yeah. Um, people love this as a, as a place to come mm-hmm. and have a spa weekend and mm-hmm. have a great coffee. And um, so it would attract certain people to want to live here and be here. And um, I actually used to live in Hepburn Springs many oh. years ago and when I was a student. So, um, but I imagine that Hepburn is, um, or Dalesford is probably very similar to maybe a Byron Bay, um, yes. some other locations that are yeah. very beautiful locations. Yeah. Um, what does that mean in terms of the clients you deal with? Wow. It, this is a hard gig out here. Everyone knows everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, the main industry is hospitality. A lot of them go, I'm not working in hospitality. I don't want to do it anymore. It's, what else are you going to do? Um, or they'll go, no, I'm not working there. My brother's wife used to work there and I hate her or, you know. Yeah, small not, town. Right? Small yeah, yeah. town. Mm-hmm. It is so hard. It is. For me, it's giving them, again, planting more seeds to go out and branch out and do something mm. else. So we've actually just started a, an individual support program out here, training, last week. And I planted that seed with the RTO. Um, I organised an information session. I had 26 clients turn up, which wow. was awesome. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So I think they've got 15 doing the course. Um, because I know there's work out here. Mm. There's, you know, yep. there's home care work out here. There's hostels out here. Um, so it, I think it's tapping into what's available mm. in the labour market in the area. Another huge barrier which surprises me so much is a lot of them don't drive. Right. And there's okay. no public transport yeah, out here. Yeah, of course. So, you know, they're stuck out in a paddock mm. with no transport. Yep. That's a huge barrier. So what are your strategies in order for them to be able to get to work? Uh, I had one young kid and we've just provided his licence for him. Um, So he's got his licence, things like that. And that was an easy strategy for us. Others... You give them, get them into a course or something so they're just, you know, upskilling, making things easier for themselves and then trying to get them to tap into their surrounds mm. and their support system. Mm. Like this young guy that we got his <coughs> license for, he doesn't have a car, but there's a program in Ballarat I want him to go into. So I've given him from last week to, to, to today to find out if he's got a friend in Ballarat that he can stay three Brilliant. nights. The yeah. program's only four days. Mm. I said it's only three nights in Ballarat. Just see if you can go there. So just giving them ideas mm. on how to 
to um, succeed, yep. basically. I think the piece that's really important is that they're doing something. Yes. And at least something keeps motivation and movement. And you would know coming from the fitness yeah. industry how important yeah. it is just to do one little step towards something. Absolutely. And keeps our brain Absolutely. And it is baby steps. Like this young guy, he's, um, he lives out of Dalesford, but he's been coming in every Monday to a mm. job group. And he has been coming in. Um, and he's doing really well, you mm. know. They've all got anxiety. They've all got depression. Um, and it, But it's also working with that as well. It's just making sure that they're feeling okay. You know, I've got a few in the group especially that have never done job group. You know, they're quite... They've been transitioned over from another provider and they're really nervous. Mm. Um, and, you know, one lady, she loves me. She just keeps mm. coming back and she hugs me when she comes in. She brings me flowers. And, yeah. And it's just really nice yeah. to see. And I said, I told you I'd look after you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Robin, that just makes me want to cry because <laughs> I think so many times it's like if we can just get how important it is to care, our yeah. deep caring of yeah. people and the impact that can have. Well, it's engaging yeah. them, isn't it? Mm. Because if you're not going to relate to them, they're mm. not going to engage with you, yeah. bottom yeah. line. Yeah. So I think just that rapport and that engagement is motivation mm. in itself mm. because they keep coming back to their appointments. That's right. I remember one um, a manager from my first provider I worked at, he actually said to me, you've got the, you're the only one with the highest retention of clients coming in. Wow. Yeah. And we go, that's awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah. Because that's the thing is getting them to come back so you can keep nudging and helping and, and guiding. That's right. But what about somebody who's coming in to see you and they're, you, they come in and present that, you know, hey, I want to work, and then you provide all the opportunities or perhaps you notice that, you know, maybe they've been, um, had a job in the past and, you know, great qualifications, but you kind of notice that there's something not happening in terms of their motivation to employment. What, what, what are some strategies there in terms of somebody who's actually, you know they're ready to work, um, but they're just not taking the leap, they're not jumping on board or taking opportunities? Yeah. There's always an underlying factor there. And sometimes it is just laziness and they like the system and they like what to get what they're getting. Yep. Um, but I'm, when you say that, so they're getting a payment um, and maybe they have a healthcare card, so yeah. they have other um, su- you know, support mechanisms. Yep. Maybe there's rent assistance. Yep. and yep. Um, So there's, there's not a lot of money in it. That's the part that, you mm. know, and, and that's the mm. big conversation right mm. now is how do you live on whatever they're getting and even with a few of those support mechanisms not a lot of money no. so a lot of them just say you know it's an injustice we can't live on this my reply is that you're not meant to live on it it's a safety net and to support you yeah. while you're looking for work or upskilling yeah um it's it's really hard as i said there's usually underlying um Challenges. Challenges. <laughs> Get that word out. Yeah. Barriers. Yeah, barriers. <laughs> Challenges. I feel a lot of the time it's fear. Okay. Talk to me about fear that. Fear because they've been in a system for a little while. They want to work, but they're scared to work. Okay. Because if that doesn't work out, then they've got nothing. Mm. You know, their doll's gone. They've got no job didn't work for them 
and then it's just another kick in the backside to mm. them you know their their motivation their confidence is already down mm. but then they go to work and it didn't work out for them then their confidence takes another hit so it's i think the pps is so important mm. in that situation yeah um and and yeah. I wonder with that, the post-placement support piece yeah. is really important, but I do wonder how many providers are offering that because that hand-holding mm. and moving, sometimes we don't realise the impact when we're in a situation that's new, how much we can have a fear response or that amygdala hijack. So we're pumping our body yeah. with so much of a fear response that we may not function Absolutely. as well at our best. And a lot of them jeopardise it. You know, they'll, they will jeopardise getting a job because of that fear. Mm. And I, I really, I personally think that is so true. It's the fear factor of yeah. what if, what if. Because I'll come in and go, I'll do anything, I'll do anything. And, you know, you can offer them 10 jobs on a golden platter and they'll turn every single one down and mm-hmm. go, well, you won't do anything because yeah. I've just offered you 10 jobs that you're very capable of doing. Yeah. So, so what is it? How do you deal with that fear, Pez? What's the coaching or the strategy you implement in order for them to? For me, again, it's giving them, building their confidence up to say you can do this. Mm -hmm. Give it a go. You know, or a job will come along and I go, but I don't really want to do that. But it doesn't have to be long term. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not going to be your career. You don't want to be a cleaner forever. Mm -hmm. But do it short term. It's going to be. It's going to give you a purpose to get up out of bed. It's going to motivate you. You're going to get some extra money in your pocket to get the things that you really want to do. And it's going to be so much better for your mental well-being, mm. for your, well, you know, your health and wellness. So to get them to that point, they go, oh, yeah. So they look at it that way. You know, they talk about work for the dollars. Well, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Mm. But the same things go, it's really great. You're giving back to the community. You know, you're getting up with purpose. Mm. What do you do all day? Oh, sleep. What do you do or not? I play games. Well, we need to change that cycle. Let's just, you know, one hour at a time, make it different. Mm, yeah. yeah. And it is, and just say it's day by day. I feel a lot, especially with the young ones these days, they think so far ahead. And I don't know whether it's the education system that mm. makes them plan so far ahead, you know, what's your goal in the next five years? Um, and they can't think that far. Mm. What if, what if, yeah. well, what if? Mm. And I live on the theory, let's worry about it when it happens. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's an interesting point you're making because I think oftentimes when we think about goals and if we have a five-year or ten-year plan, and, and that's oftentimes where do we see ourselves. And, yeah. But it's interesting, you know, in, for me, when I started Bounce, I was running the Bounce program and mm-hmm. sitting with clients and getting them into jobs and coaching and I asked the question where did you see where do you see yourself in in the very beginning and I noticed there wasn't a massive response and I was like I'm using a a question that isn't relatable or doesn't make sense in their mind so I reframed and said how how do you want to feel in your future Mm. and then it became a different conversation yeah that was about the feeling of you know health or well-being or happiness or you know I just don't want to be unemployed and then flipping that. Yeah. The interesting piece here is that oftentimes when we think so far into the future, the motivation decreases because it's unrealistic. Absolutely. And so I love that you do the one hour. What can we do like, today that's yeah. just one step towards? And it's chunking down. Absolutely. Mm. And that's what I used to do with my members at the gym. Mm. Yeah. You know, that, you yeah. know how, how, much do you want, how much weight do you want? Oh, I want to lose 10 kilos. 
well, that's really too long. Over what amount of time? You know, in 10 weeks? Well, that's really not going to happen. So it's a bit of a wake-up call to them, but you're giving them realistic goals. You know, I know the the manager, she asked, of the gym, she asked me one of my five-year goals because she was one of these, you know, motivational goal persons. And I said, no, I don't do goals. What? But you've got to do goals. You've got to do goals. And I went, no, no. If I get up the next day, that's, that's a goal that I've achieved. Yeah. yeah, she just couldn't believe that I didn't do goals. Well, there must be something you're doing with your strategy here because you've you increased the star rating for the site, yeah. um, which is incredible for the yeah. for the area. Yeah, and yeah. Um, you know you've got retention; they're coming back, you're mm-hmm. engaging with them, mm-hmm. and then you've got some strategies in there of how to motivate the unmotivated. What a, what about the job seekers that you know they're earning some money on the side? Yeah. Um, and you know, obviously when we're in that situation, it is sometimes confidentiality, they're sharing that, um, and it's the best way to find how can I support you? And I, I know there'll be listeners here. This is a, a a piece of, um, really important piece of understanding, you know, how do I help someone that maybe they are making some money on the side because there is such a little amount of money coming in. So they've found strategies to make money on the side, but perhaps they haven't let go of, you know, that, that um, safety net mm-hmm. that is, mm-hmm. you know, their benefit going in. And, and it's interesting, yeah. the brain just holds on, doesn't it? It does. How do, you, how, do you, how do you nudge that response? Okay. It's so ripe, especially out at Dalesford, you know. Mm-hmm. And the employers are a lot to blame. Okay. They don't want to put anyone on the books. They just want to, you know, I'll give you a bit of cash, come and do some housekeeping for me. Right. Yeah. Or a lot of it is self-employed work, so they subcontract. Um, I tend to make it, if, if I'm suspicious of someone and in cash in hand, I will make it a little bit harder for them. So I will put them into job group. I'll engage with them more. I'll get them to do more for their requirement. And then it becomes too hard for them. So they will eventually drop off. I had a builder out here um, and I kept questioning, you are not working. I can't believe that you're not working. You're a builder. You're a carpenter. No, I'm not working. So I did engage him into job group and weekly appointments. And he eventually just dropped off, exited, Mm. not to be seen. So for me, you know, what is he doing? Of course he's working he come mm-hmm. in one day all dressed in his work gear you know the nail belt on and the tape measure and Tommy was mowing his lawn like really so yeah. yeah so from that day on that's where I thought right we've got to make things a little bit harder for you just so you can earn your your benefits yeah yeah, yeah. so he did eventually exit yeah so it's interesting when you know it's such a challenging place you're in because mm-hmm. your role is to help and motivate and guide people and get them employment yeah. and um and then you're up against this whole idea of where people have been able to earn some money i know you know i know for me historically with participants where they would disclose um income yes. and um and so then i was like all right well so for example years ago i had a guy who was earning about a thousand dollars a week in an online business and I was like wow that's awesome that's amazing um I said oh why don't you stop the payments then you don't have to come in and have appointments and other requirements and he said oh you know I really like the benefits the healthcare card and everything else and I said but 
you're actually, what if you didn't spend the time going to those appointments and doing all these things and focused on your business and building it up? Mm. What if you could increase that income yes. to offset? And he yes. was like, oh, hang on, wait. Uh, actually, I referred him into the NICE program, mm-hmm. which um, I was a participant in the NICE oh, program. So Bounce wow. was born out of NICE. So I'm a big fan of NICE. And he went into that and then was able to actually, because he never had the business acumen. He had ah. he just started a little side yep. hustle. Yep. And I'm sure there's a lot of people in that position oh. where they've started a little business, but it's how do I take it to the next level? And this is a great strategy because you get that supported income along the yeah. way to learn how to grow yeah. a business. And I'm, I'm sure you'd have a few. I do a lot of referrals mm. to Nice out here. Mm. Um, you know, I've got probably four names down for the next program to be running Ballarat. Yep. So mm. it's just giving that information. You know, is it a hobby? Can you turn that hobby into a business? Mm. So again, mm. it's planting seeds. Mm. I think, oh, I didn't think of that. Yeah. Let, yeah. It, it's giving them, I suppose it's giving them the resources to work with and to think about where they want to be. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so I just, I love that you also get that it's, it's human pe- beings in a point in their life where sometimes they never thought they'd be in that position. Yeah. And so the, that level you mentioned earlier, you were talking about the no judgment mm-hmm. and how important it is mm-hmm. that even if we know someone might be earning a bit of cash on the side or having, you know, yeah. how do we go into being in support of them yes. and, and not sort of... Um, hold them back but actually really well you know even your whole like okay well if you're on the benefit these are the requirements of mm-hmm. it um which is what is set up by the government as right. you know yeah. that there's a piece of the requirement of your job right i yes. have to do these things i have to do these things yeah, yeah. and that's a requirement do you know what i think and i've noticed this over the last few months it comes down to that engagement again because i have actually had a few especially in Dalesford actually disclose that they are working cash mm. but I think it's that trust mm. they're not earning enough to even affect their that's benefits right. yeah that's right but they've come forward and told me mm. you know um, well then with that honesty you can actually really support them in absolutely well, great, now let's look at what's possible absolutely mm. and I for me that's an outcome for them to to come to me and tell me that they're actually earning a little bit of cash. I think it's awesome. It's a huge outcome. It's a it's a fantastic outcome. Yeah. And I think part of that is you have established the trust mm-hmm. and the rapport for them to feel like, okay, this is okay. Yeah, mm. yeah, which mm. is um, rewarding for yeah. me. That's great. Yeah. So what I want to know is what's your favourite story um, of, of where you've seen someone's life changed or impacted by the work you've done? Okay. So I have this lovely, lovely lady. She's a single mum. She was on the streets. She she didn't have her children at the time. She met her husband on the streets. They were both into drugs. Her husband died from an overdose. She came to us, it's actually 12 months ago, she came to us very scattered, didn't know what she was or who she was, had the children back in her care, was clean, wanted to make a fresh start. She actually started the Bounce Program oh, wow. in Ballarat when we were running it. And I put her into job group as well out here at Dalesford. 
and she secured work halfway through the bounce program. She calls me her mum. Oh, that's gorgeous. (laughs) Um, We just share a lot. Mm. Um, I've probably crossed a line with her, but to see her now, it is just amazing. To see her working, meeting her obligation, she's managing her children. It's just awesome. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's just um, a really, really 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 good outcome for for a Dalesford client I've got another another young guy in Ballarat office he was with another consultant it was compliance after compliance after compliance Um, and this young boy I took him on and he's engaging the reception staff come up to me all the time and go I don't know what you're doing with him Mm. but oh my goodness he comes in he speaks he smiles he's polite um you know I've got him into courses and just he lives in a terrible environment at home Mm. I've also got his sister um again she was with another consultant I took her on um the first five minutes I just sat and talked to her and she said you know what it's actually nice someone just to talk to me and have a conversation mm. instead of telling me what to do. Mm. Um, so I've got oh. both of those yeah. and I just love them. She, mm. you know, she's in an adult education class at the moment. She wants to go into the defence force. So these are the things that I love. You know, mm. I'm getting goosebumps. I can because see, yeah. I wish people could see your eyes. There's just so much love in oh, here. I just, I know what environment they live in. Mm. Um, and I just want to take them home. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> it's really, it's really beautiful that you have that. That's how you show up in this space, and yeah. I think it's really important yeah. that um, that we continue to think about that. You know, yeah. as, as people helping people. Yeah, and that just the way you were saying how the girl said, "Oh, just to have this conversation." You know, she felt heard, and, and yeah, yeah. And I went and told the other consultant. <clears throat> I told her all these things that this client had told me. She went, "Really? I didn't know that." She said, "Geez, you've." found out more about her in five minutes than I have in three years. Yeah. And wow. I went, okay. Yeah. And it's what just... do you think it is that you're doing that's different? What is it that gets that that connection? I'm, I'm letting them speak. I'm letting them be heard. Mm. Yeah. Because everyone's, you know, I've got a story. Every, and I say to everyone, I've got a story. Everyone's got a story. Mm. Some are worse yeah. than others. Um, but every, it's a story that's important to yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah, mm. basically. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Let them be heard. I think that's a really important yeah, piece. Isn't absolutely. It? Yeah. So I want to ask you one last question. Mm-hmm. Why do you do this? Why do I do this? Because I love my clients. Yeah. <laughs> I love my clients. I just want to see them succeed. Yeah. And I want them to live with purpose. Mm. Oh, yeah. that's beautiful. Yeah. I think if anyone's listening to this and you want to model excellence, having a deep core belief you know, that I love my clients and, and living with purpose, I think is really powerful. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Robin, I really appreciate having this time with you and I know you're flat out and busy and we've only had a small yeah. window, but I just, yeah. I think that listeners will really value what you've shared. Yeah, if anybody sorry. has any questions, reach out to us and we can certainly yeah, absolutely. Um, connect you with Robin as well. Yeah. And um, I just really appreciate you being in this oh, world. Thank and doing you. Work. Wow. Yeah. That's huge. Thank you. And thanks for allowing me to have my little say. Yes, absolutely. And any more you want to share for sure. Fantastic. Um, So, uh, well, thank you. And I want to thank our listeners today. 
and remember that, you know, this is the Wayfinders is helping you help others find their way. Thanks for listening to today's Wayfinder podcast, helping you help others find their way.